Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Within me, bless his bless. holy name. What does that mean? That means you can bless the Lord. And where does it start? With your soul. I remember what the soul is. That is your mind, that is your will, and that is your emotions. So regardless of what you think today, regardless of how you feel today, you can purpose within you to bless the Lord. And then what does it say? All that is within me. When you start with your soul, all of a sudden, all that is within me wants to bless his holy name. And how do we do that? What does the next verse say? Yeah. Anyone know it? Do I need to look it up? Forget not all there of his benefits. There you go. Forget not. How do you bless the Lord? You forget not. How do you not forget something? You remember it, right? <laughs> so don't forget what the Lord has done for you. Remember it. Sometimes when I need to not forget something, I write it down. I put it on my calendar. I put it in my phone. How do we bless the Lord with all that is in us? We remember. What has he done for us? Past, present, and future. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And forget not. What are we not supposed to forget? Does anyone remember? He forgives our iniquities. Well, all his benefits. We forget not all his benefits. Anyone remember the first benefit? He, He forgives. He forgives all our iniquities. This is like a test, isn't it? It's Psalm 103, by the way, Tim. He forgives. How many of my iniquities? All. I haven't looked up that word, but I'm going to take King David's word for it and assume that all means all there. And what are iniquities? Those would be sins, transgressions, things that you've done wrong, violated the covenant. Is God worried about those things this morning? No, why? Because he's forgiven. All our iniquities. What's the next one? What's the next benefit? He heals. I don't know where you are in your your, uh, belief of divine healing. You can take this up with King David. But he wrote, he heals all my diseases. Amen? That's a benefit. These are things we're supposed to remember in order to bless the Lord. What's the next one? Anyone remember? Oh, we got it now. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. So what? So that my youth is renewed. I forgot one. I'm sorry. He satisfies. There it is. You know that word things there in the original language is not there. It simply says he satisfies my mouth with good so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, last week it was raining and cold. My knee started aching. I was like, oh, he he renews my youth like the But the important point here is, bless the Lord, oh my soul. That means you can bless the Lord with all that is in you. And as soon as you start that process, man, he is right there. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's do it. Let's bless him. We're talking about it. Let's bless him. Lord, we bless you. We bless you for all of these things. Thank you for washing us clean. Thank you for healing all of our diseases. Thank you for crowning us 
with loving kindness and tender mercies only because you loved us, not because of what we've done or haven't done, only because you've loved us. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if we haven't met you, I'm Sean. I'm Gracie. And we're married, so we're up here together. It's been 18 years. I don't know how this has happened. Obviously, we got married at a very young age. Obviously. And, and here we are. Gracie, what are we talking about this morning? Well, anxiety, thankfulness, peace, how to deal with anxiety. How to deal with worry. Yes. Casting your cares on the Lord. Yes. Thanksgiving. All of that. Does that sound good to everybody? You got your Bible this morning? Let's go to the book of Philippians. That was Psalm 103 that we just read. That was the appetizer. That was free. Let's move to the soup and salad course. What do you say? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to read from Philippians chapter 4 as we uh, thought about and prayed about what to share this morning. I read this quote, and I'll read it to you. It says, Worry is the worship of our circumstances over the worship of God. Worry is always about you, and worship is always about Him. So we're going to redirect some focus this morning, get you out of the trap of worrying. How many know that whatever you come into agreement with will make its home wherever you are? And if you choose to agree with worry, with care, with anxiety, with fear, with depression... Well, it'll just come on in and make itself at home. Until you break agreement with that thing, it has the right to stay with you. Amen? Amen. Gracie, where are we going in uh, Philippians? Four six. Philippians chapter 4. Do you want me to read it? Sure. Read verse uh, 6 and 7, and then we'll, we'll expand out a little later. Okay. Verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you mind if I tell a story, and then I'll have you break that verse down a little bit? Oh, sure. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I tell you guys a story about this verse? Uh, A couple months ago, I was in Charlotte with a friend of mine. His name is Max, and we saw a movie, and after the movie, uh, we drove home, and I dropped him off at his car. And uh, I was looking around for my wallet. Couldn't find my wallet. You ever have that moment? And then you start searching, and then you start searching harder. And then, like, then I'm like, Max is like, what's wrong? I was like, I can't find my wallet. And then he has helping me search, and we tear my whole car apart, and we can't find my wallet. And he goes, well, when's the last time you had it? And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Chick-fil-A. I 100% had it at Chick-fil-A when I bought that milkshake. He's like, all right, after that, did you have it in the movie theater? I'm like, maybe. I'm not sure. And we look again, we can't find it, he leaves, I go inside. Gracie's like, how was the movie, how was Max? I'm like, I lost my wallet! And I don't know if you've met my wife, but she's very uh, encouraging. And she's like, well, let's pray about it right now, because I'm starting to spiral. She's watching Sean starting to spiral. Because losing my wallet, I'm like, I'm going to have to call my bank, I'm going to have to get a new credit card, I just got cash for a trip, now the cash is gone, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to get a new driver's license. I'm going to have to get a new insurance card. Ah, my angles thing that I used to scan. It's all gone. 
And I'm thinking about all the time, and it's going to take time, and oh, I don't have time to deal with this. And Gracie's like, let's pray. She grabs my hand. So we start praying. Lord, remind Sean where his wallet is. Let him find it. Uh, Let him be at peace. And the most amazing thing happened as we were praying. Uh, This, first of all, step one, this supernatural peace came over me and into the situation. I was like, hey, it's going to be okay. The next thing that happened was as I was praying, I have my eyes closed, I have her hand, she's praying for me. I have this picture in my heart. There's the only way I know how to describe it. I just, like that, I had this flash of my wallet stuck under the seat in the movie theater. And what I saw, and this was so weird, I saw gears. And I saw my wallet stuck in the gears of this movie theater, which we, we were at a theater that had those reclining chairs. And I just, but it was just like this momentary thing. And I opened my eyes and I was like, was that real? Was that God? Did I just make that up? What was that? And Gracie's like, I think it's done. I think you're going to find it. I think it's going to be okay. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the next day I woke up and I was worried about my wallet. Even though we'd prayed about it, even though peace had come, even though the Lord had shown me this picture, I was worried again about my wallet. So I did the responsible thing. I called the movie theater. They didn't answer. I checked my bank. We hadn't had any activity on our credit card. Uh, Nothing else seemed out of place. And uh, I should mention, this theater was two hours away in Charlotte, and we're in Boone, so it's not like I can just go down there. So every day for the next several days, I call this movie theater multiple times a day. They never answered their phone. I got on social media. Is there a way to contact this theater? No, there's not. They do not want you to contact them. (laughs) I check our bank account every day. Nothing has happened. I get, I have new opportunity every day to worry about my lost wallet. Even though we had already prayed, even though the peace of God had already come, even though God had shown me the answer supernaturally for my situation, I still had opportunity to worry and be in fear every day about my wallet. And every day the enemy had a new scenario for me about how my wallet was lost and what the people were doing with my money. I had to, I'm like, I know someone just took it, took the cash out, dumped it. I'm not going to find it. Oh, they're just waiting, and they're going to wipe out our bank account one day. Oh, they're going to steal my identity. I mean, every day, new thing, new thing, new thing to worry about. And I had to keep reminding myself, Gracie and I prayed, the peace of God came, God showed me the answer. And about the sixth or seventh day, the next weekend, we're going to Charlotte to go to uh, my sister's house for my niece's birthday. So we go by that movie theater. And so I go in there and I talk to the manager. I said, hey, I left my wallet. She scroungles around under the thing. She's like, is this it? I said, no, that's not it. She had all these wallets just hidden under the counter. I'm not the only person, apparently, leaving my wallet. And I said, is it okay if we go into the theater where I was sitting? And she said, yes, do you know where you were sitting? I pull up the ticket on my phone. I say, here's where I was sitting. Here's where we were. She's like, no problem. She was so nice. So we walk into the movie theater. People are watching a movie. And we just watch it. We walk in. We walk up to the chair. Thankfully, there was no one sitting in it. She pushes some magic button, and the chair moves out of the way. And wouldn't you know it, underneath the chair in a pile of popcorn, a little bent out of shape from the gears, is my wallet. I almost hugged the manager in the theater. I'm like high-fiving people. Ah, God is good. He told me a week ago, and I didn't really believe it, and here it is. I wanted to be like, why don't you answer your phone? (laughs) And then I went home and immediately got online and ordered an Apple AirTag and say, this will never happen again. (laughs) 
But it's interesting that we prayed, the peace of God came, God showed me the answer supernaturally, but I still had abundant opportunity to worry and get in fear about the situation, even though God had already intervened on our behalf. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, Philippians, is that where we are? Yes, but I kind of want to just share the radio example now because I feel like it's a good place for it. You're the boss. No, you're the boss. Um, so I was just serving this last week in Atlanta for Operation Christmas Child at the processing center, and we had the floor managers have these little radios. And so I have, you know, my little earpiece in, and you have your radio or walkie-talkie. I kept calling it a walkie-talkie, but I think that's 80s, you know. I think they're called radios nowadays. Anyway, um, and here's a picture. I gave a picture to Tim. I don't know how well you can see that, but of all the channels for the radio. And as I was praying one morning, and I knew that we were going to be sharing this morning, the Lord started talking to me about this because you can see that there's a channel for the PC manager, the shipping and receiving manager, the quality control manager, the floor managers. We all had these different channels, and you would flip to one channel and you would be talking to that person, but then... I would forget to flip it back to my channel, you know, and you would have, you try to talk to the floor manager and you'd be on channel one and they'd be like, turn it to channel four, (laughs) you know, or whatever. And so you just had to be really intentional what channel you were listening in on and what channel you were broadcasting on. And the Lord started talking to me about this and he was saying, um, worry and anxiety have their own channel and it's a direct pipeline to the voice of fear. And worry and anxiety will talk to you all day long if you stay on that channel. They will be, there will be chatter in your ear all day long, worry chatter, anxiety chatter, channel, oh, sorry, chatter. chatter. Channel's <laughs> Thank you. Um, but God is broadcasting on a different channel, and it's called the channel of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? Because that's where he is. He doesn't live outside of faith. So you can't even connect with him on a different channel because it's with faith that you're able to connect with him. Now, does that mean he's not there or he's not present? No, that's not what that means. It just means that it's impossible to please him without faith and it's impossible to connect with him and move circumstances without faith. So, but sometimes we have to be intentional It's amazing how it's just a tiny adjustment. I think we think it's so hard to change out of the channel of worry and anxiety into the channel where God is broadcasting, but it's really not. It is a very small heart adjustment. Why? Because God is already living in us. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. It's really not hard to make that tiny adjustment from fear to faith. And it's a decision. It's a choice on our part. We reach down and we go, click, channel four. This is where I need to be. So, um, yeah. You good? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. I heard some preaching in there. I'm sorry. It happens without me meaning. (laughs) Back to Philippians. Back to Philippians. Philippians chapter four. Yeah. Let's go a, a a little further. Let's start in verse four. And we're going we're gonna to pull this passage apart. We're going to read verse 4 through verse 8. And then we're going to spend some time in here. <clears throat> verse 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. That means you can be. 
Oh, and I'm reading from the New Living, I believe. Always be full of joy in the Lord. How many know joy has nothing to do with happiness or circumstance? The joy of the Lord is entirely separate and removed from happiness and from circumstance. And by the way, if you're wondering if you have joy, good news, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit that is already planted in you. So whether you know it or not, believe it or not, are walking in it or not, there is joy inside of you. You just need to access it. I say it again, rejoice. So how are we full of joy in the Lord? Rejoice. Verse 5. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is near. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Well, that's easier said than done, Paul. How are we going to do that? Keep reading. Instead, does your, does your version say instead? It does, good. Your version, I like to say instead is another word for but. And then, but, don't worry about anything, but, it's a big but, pray about everything. So the answer to worry is what? Pray or prayer. Tell God what you need and thank him. Look at that, putting Thanksgiving in the middle of it. Thank him for all he has done. We're going to talk about this more in a minute, but Thanksgiving's a big part of it. Then, that means after you've done those things, rejoicing in the Lord, praying, thanksgiving, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. That means his peace will not make sense to your brain. His peace, I love it when the Bible uses personal pronouns, God's peace will guard your heart. Notice it starts in your heart. And minds, doesn't start in your mind and move to your heart. Starts in your heart, moves to the mind. As you live in Christ Jesus, that means you still have to walk out this daily Christian walk. As you're living in Christ Jesus, that peace is there. By the way, if you're wondering about this peace, another fruit of the Spirit, peace of God. It's already in there. It's already available. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let's go back to verse 6. Gracie, will you talk to us about that word worry or anxious in verse 6? Yes. So the root word of that word anxious means to divide or separate. And then that word peace, can I go ahead and say what that that one means? Then the word peace means to set at one again. So you have thanksgiving right there in the middle. So anxiety means to divide or separate, which denotes weakness. And then you have peace that sets everything at one again. And you know that feeling when your thoughts are in a million different directions. You feel torn over here, you're drawn over here, and that's what it feels like. That's what that word anxiety means. And then thankfulness is right there in the middle, bringing bringing the wholeness back into place. Yeah. Just talk a little bit more about that word, word, worry or anxious. It means to be anxious, to be troubled, to be full of care. But it also means to take thoughts and focus on yourself. And that's what worry always does. It brings you back to you and gets your eyes off of the Father. And like 
uh, Gracie said, it means to be divided or to be cut into pieces. Thankfully, we have an answer. But worry is always about you. It's worshiping what is happening in your life and taking your eyes off of God. Instead, pray about everything. Thank him. Do you want to say anything more about Thanksgiving or do you want me to move to... I mean, do you want me to share my story about when that happened to me? Sure. Um, so this was a few years ago. I was serving at an event in Ridge, at Ridgecrest, which is near Asheville, and I was covering for one of the managers on my team. We were hosting a shoebox recipient, um, and it was a pastor's event, and I had to lug all of this heavy equipment from the car into the event. I was doing it all by myself. I was not there. I was not there. Everything was really heavy. It was really hot outside because it was like July. And I was hangry, which Sean will tell you is a very unfortunate shortcoming of mine. And I was just really grumpy. And I was um, my third trip to the car lugging this stuff into the venue. It was like, you know, the curtains pull back. And I see I have this clear choice before me. And it was like, do I want to? keep going down this path of being grumpy grumpy and irritable and just have this whole event be miserable? Or do I want to adjust my heart into a posture of thankfulness? And so I did, again, that tiny heart adjustment, that choice that we have, I chose to start being thankful. And it was amazing. It was, I, it doesn't always happen like this where it's this instant thing but it was amazing. The second I made that decision, it was like the joy came, the peace came. I could have been on a beach sipping a pina colada, virgin pina colada. And I was just completely like, it was like I was in a completely different um, place because of that decision to not just be thankful, you know, for what I was doing, but just in general, how blessed I was. And I, I came back to oneness again. I came back to that peace again. In 18 years, I've never seen you have a pina colada. I know. I don't drink alcohol, actually, but I was just trying to be funny. Well, thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. We were really concerned. Well, you know. <laughs> Why Thanksgiving? Why is Thanksgiving a vital component to moving from worry to peace? I will tell you. Because Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. It thanks God before the answer comes. It says, no matter what it is that I'm facing, I choose to believe a higher reality. And I'm going to thank God in advance before it comes to pass. And it's amazing. It opens that door and it kickstarts your faith. You know, sometimes worry can get pretty loud. That week that I couldn't find my wallet, I swear every day worry got louder and louder, and louder. And I encourage you that when you pray, you may have to match the tone and the intensity of the worry that's trying to come against you. And the louder it gets, you just need to turn up the dial of thanksgiving and prayer. You you may have to get stubborn with that thing. Hey, if you're going to talk that way to me, I'm going to talk that way to you. And I'm going to keep bringing it up. And I'm going to keep bringing it up, what God has done. Remember what we started with. I'm going to keep remembering how faithful God has been to me thus far. And he's not going to fail me now. So I'm going to thank him in advance for what he's already done. And I'm going to believe and trust the answer 
is on its way. Amen. I'm going to read just a few Thanksgiving scriptures. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, notice it's not for everything, in everything, in every circumstance, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalm 106.1, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. It might not seem like he's good, but he is good, and his mercy and his love endure forever. Psalm 91.1, I will, meaning that's an act of will. We have to make the decision. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. And then Psalm 100 verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, we were talking about this radio example and one of the, if you're like, gosh, I don't know how to turn that dial from I'm feeling all the anxiety, I'm hearing all the worry, I'm hearing all the fear and you don't know how to reach down and turn that dial of your heart. One of the ways that will help you turn that dial is when you start Thanksgiving, when you start thanking him for what he's done, when you start just doing that, that is a key way that you can switch that dial of your heart into that place of faith where God is always broadcasting. Amen. And it may not happen immediately, but you need to start in faith. So we said rejoice, back to Philippians, we're going to look at verse 7 now. Started with rejoicing, not worrying, instead pray. And thank him for all he's done. So I always like to say prayer plus thanksgiving equals verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace. Well, when will it happen then? Yeah. It, may, it may take a little while. You may, have to, you may have to get it going. But that tells me that God's peace is always available to you when you are in prayer and thanksgiving. Yes. It may not just manifest immediately. But you can always pray until his peace comes. Yeah. And in fact, I encourage you to stay in prayer and to stay in thanksgiving and to stay in rejoicing until the peace of God begins to manifest. His peace will guard your heart and your mind. Let let me talk a little bit about that word guard. Mm -hmm. That's what these are for. Okay. Y'all remember these? They're guarding your heart. They're little little army men. They're little army men. That man has a bazooka. They're shooting down the bad thoughts and the worry, okay? We all have these in our hearts and minds. You're really proud of this. I am. (laughs) All right, let's talk about peace will guard your heart. First, let's clarify, whose peace is this? God's peace. It's very clear. Then you will experience God's peace. So this is not man's peace. This is God's peace. This is not the cessation of battle. This is God's peace in the midst of anything. God's peace will guard your heart and your mind. It starts in your heart, and then it will kind of filter upwards. That word guard or keep in the Greek is the word phrureo, and it means a military guard put into place to protect a city. And the picture it paints in the Greek is of a circle or an encircling. So this military guard is all the way around. In the same way, God's peace surrounds you in its entirety. A commentary that I read said a more accurate translation of this word is to be a watcher in advance which was so interesting because remember when we were praying about my wallet, I saw something about the situation, exactly what that piece 
uh, provided. I became peaceful, and then I saw something that was the exact answer about my wallet. What's interesting is to guard something implies it will be attacked. Otherwise, why would you need to guard it? Every day, I didn't have my wallet. I worried about it, even though we'd prayed about it, even though the Spirit of God had shown me the answer, even though peace had flooded me in that moment, there was still a daily temptation to worry and be anxious and to get into fear about the situation. And that happened over and over and over again, which just sounds like the enemy. You know what? This is a side journey. Did you know that the Greek word for devil is the Greek word diabolos? Which also sounds Spanish, by the way. Um, it's a compound word. So this is not just his name. This is his job description. This is how he operates. Uh, the Greek word dia means to throw, as to, in, uh, to throw or to cut through something is what that word means. Comes in one side, goes out the other side, to cut. And balo means to throw, to hurl, to inject, or to beat. And when you put these two things together, what it means is someone who beats you and beats you and beats you until they have their way with you. And that is exactly what the enemy does with worry in our lives. Every day, he reminded me, you don't have your wallet, it's all going to be bad. And he just kept going and going and going. And that's what he does in every area of our life. But Jesus said, he is the father of lies. The only thing he knows how to do is lie. So when he comes to try to inject his poison into you, you can just laugh and say, you are the father of lies, and all you do is know how to lie. I don't know why I went despicable me there, but... Lies! He will attack you over and over to wear you down and to get you to agree with what he is saying. The good news is he has been defeated. Yes, completely, completely. In fact, the Bible says that uh, Jesus made a public spectacle over him, triumphing over them in it, meaning he made a public spectacle of him to the entire realm of the spirit. So he is completely defeated. Jesus completely defeated the enemy. And as long as we are in Christ, we have complete victory and complete authority over the enemy. Amen. You know, I um, another very quick side journey. Um, I think it's, we have to be careful how much we're saying, oh man, the enemy really attacking. Oh man, the enemy. Oh man, the enemy. You know, the more we say that, it's almost like we're not even realizing, but we're, we're it's too much. We're exalting him too much We're in his work. Yeah. And so it's so important that when, yes, he does. However, thank God for the victory on the cross. Thank God for that. You know, the light, we live in the light. We walk in the light. The darkness can't comprehend the light that we're walking in. We will always have the victory because he's already under our feet. He's already been defeated. Yeah. Thank Amen. you, Lord. And we have a guard against, ticks, a against his attacks. And what is it called? The peace of God. Amen. And where is this peace? It's already in you. In fact, it was put in you by the Spirit of God, planted in you when you committed your life to Christ. Amen. Um, another um, just quick story. So, you know. This is your second side journey. <laughs> well, I have it in You're my notes. You're only allowed two side journeys. It's in my notes. Um, it can't be a side journey if it's my notes. 
Um, we, you know, we talk about how Sean has been saying, like, this might not happen overnight. Certain things are a process. He is Lord of the breakthrough, but he's also Lord of the process. And he will walk with us. And the Bible says, you might know the reference, I can't remember right now. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That'd be Romans. Is it? Sure. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as we continue doing this, as we stay here and keep practicing, this actually will get easier and easier and easier. And so what might feel like a struggle at first, as we renew our minds to it, as we practice it, it, it will get easier. Amen. So. Can I talk to you guys a little bit more about this peace of God? Can I give you an example from the Bible? We're not going to turn there for the sake of time, but I believe you know the story. Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 5. Uh, this is Jesus modeling what the peace of God can look like for us. Now, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching, and he talks about the sower sowing the word. And the point of his message there is that the word of God is like a seed. And when it is planted in the hearts of men and women, it has the opportunity to grow and produce fruit. So whenever you read or hear or are in the word of God, it always has the ability to be planted in you and to grow and produce. But the other thing Jesus says is the enemy will come to attack the word every single time because he knows it's the only thing you have that will defeat him is the word of God in you coming out of you. So Jesus has just finished this message and then he says to his disciples, boys, let's get in this boat and let's go to the other side. So he's going to model what he just preached. He's going, he just delivered to his disciples the word of God. He said, we're going to go over to the other side. And then the disciples are shocked, shocked when the enemy attacks the word that Jesus spoke to them, even though he had just told them that is always what happens with the word of God. And how does the enemy attack? A storm comes out of nowhere, the Bible says. And Jesus is so concerned about this storm that he's asleep in the back of the boat. Mm -hmm. And I love the King James. It says that he is asleep on a pillow. I love that detail. I always think that that was the start of Mike Lindell and my pillow. The son of God from the beginning of time. There is a pillow, the perfect pillow. If it's not, it should be. It'll keep you in perfect peace in the storm. My pillow is the best pillow. Sorry. So in the middle of this storm, now how is this storm real? Yes, this storm is real. Whatever you are worried, concerned, fear, care about, is very real. The storm was overwhelmingly real. So much so that the disciples woke up Jesus, who's asleep, which is an, a type and a shadow of the perfect peace of God in the midst of a chaotic situation. He's, just, he's got his pillow. And they say, do you not care that we could die? Look at the scripture. Jesus does not even answer. He just rebukes the wind and the waves. Peace comes to everything, which is amazing that when the peace of God is in you, you can start to get it out into your situation and it starts to affect the people around you, which is so interesting. And he says, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Because fear and faith are always in opposition of each other. Worry and doubt and anxiety and fear are all designed to do one thing, to get you out of faith and to get your eyes off of God. The testing of the word. The testing of he the word. He comes to steal the word. That's what he does. 
Because that's the only thing that changes things. Amen. But what's interesting is that Jesus had already spoken. The yeah. living word gave them the word. We are going to the other side. And that's all they needed to focus on. Amen. And that word was challenged. The word is always going to be challenged yeah. in your life. Amen. Yeah, that's true. Those tests come immediately. Um, you know, God might give you a revelation about walking in love, for example, and the importance of walking in love or forgiving. And then, you know, boom, you'll have an opportunity to forgive or walk in love like the next day um, because he's trying to get you to not act and not walk out the word that was stolen. Because if he can uproot that thing in your heart, then there goes that beautiful budding plant of, you know, whatever that's been planted in your heart that becomes this sweet aroma of Christ to the world. And so if he can uproot that by stealing that word that was planted, you know, that's, that's how he works. That's what he tries to do. One more thing on cares. Let's go to First Peter. This is First Peter chapter 5. You've probably heard the verse, cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And that's found in First Peter uh, chapter 5 and in verse 7, I believe. We're going to back up a little bit. Let's read verse, well, five. Let's, let's, let's read verse 6. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 6 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor, because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves. And then verse 7, Give all your worries, or if you were raised with the King James like I was, it says, Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. That word cast there, or give, I don't remember the Greek word, but it's, it's the same word that's used when Jesus comes in riding on the donkey. Remember, everyone remember when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he's riding on the donkey? And remember, it says all the people took off their garments and they cast them before the Lord. That is that same word. And then it says the disciples took off their garments and put them on the donkey for Jesus to sit on. And that is a picture of how you are supposed to cast your care upon the Lord. You literally are supposed to take it off of you and present it to him. And what does he do? He just rides over it because he is king of kings and Lord of lords. And when you take that thing off and put it down in front of him, man, he just picks it up and he just takes it and he just rides over it because how many know he is bigger than you are and you were not meant, you were not, oh, you better go. <laughs> Come on. No, it's your turn. <laughs> we were not meant to what? Carry what he was meant to carry. That's right. <laughs> That's why I'm so glad you're here. You can just take over. No way. This is where I'd be quiet. Just I'm just going to sip my tea. No, right. Cast your cares upon the Lord. We were not designed to carry right. worry, anxiety, fear, depression. He can carry it. Amen. Doesn't bother him. But it's up to us. It is an act of our will. We have to physically remove it from ourselves and give it to him. Amen? Yeah. It's amazing how um, we have so much. Um, okay, I'll say it like this. Our free will is very important to the Lord. And our involvement and our working with him is very important to the Lord. He doesn't make us do stuff. He presents things before us and he wants us to choose it. 
And so that's why we have a very important responsibility to play when it comes to casting our care. He wants us to actively do it. He wants us to give it to him in faith um, and allow him to get involved in and those situations. Yeah. It can be a process. Well, that was the main course. You, we can stop right there and be happier. Do you guys want dessert? Totally little more up, and then we'll pray. It's totally up to you. Just a little more. All right. You guys ready for dessert? If you remember nothing else about this message, you will remember this. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Lordy. You remember when uh, Jesus encountered Peter in Luke chapter 5, and Jesus said, can I preach from your boat? And Peter said, sure. And then he gets done with preaching, and then uh, Jesus says, you know, Peter, you should take this boat out, the same one that I just spoke from, and you should put down your nets for a catch. Remember what Peter says? He says, Master, we fished all night, but, I like big butts, at, at your word, we will go out again. And what happens? They catch all the fish, right? Yes. Notice Jesus did not rebuke Peter for saying, Master, we fished all night. Why? Because then Peter said, but at your word, we will do this. Josh and I, Pastor Josh and I were raised in more of a, what I'm going to call a word of faith camp. And there was always this uh, doctrine that you cannot talk about what's really going on because that's outside of faith. I have a little bit of an issue with that that I can show you scripturally. I have no issue with you talking about what's really going on as long as you insert a big but and then begin to talk about the reality of what God is doing in your situation. Peter said, Jesus, this is the situation. We didn't catch anything. I'm tired, I don't want to do this. However, at your word, I will do this. You can say, this is what's going on with me, but I believe that God is still working on my behalf. I may have worry, but I'm going to cast my worries upon the Lord. I may have fear, but the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. I choose to believe the reality of heaven over the reality that I see in front of me. That's right. What we're walking through might be hard, but we are told in Psalm 91 that he will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us and honor us. And so it's not that what we're walking through isn't hard. Or isn't but, real. Or isn't real, but he will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us and honor us. So it's that channel. What channel are we listening into? Are we listening into the channel where his promises are just being broadcast constantly? Or if not, we need to change the channel of our hearts to get there. You remember, of course, in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul and Silas are doing the work of the Lord, doing the will of the Lord. They get captured, arrested, beaten, tortured, thrown into prison. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, I'm just serving you. I'm just trying to serve you, and now I'm in prison. They had every opportunity at that moment to be like, this isn't fair. I, they're probably going to kill us tomorrow. That's fear. They could have been depressed about the situation. But what did they do? Well, since we're here, we might as well sing and praise the Lord and rejoice. Remember how we started. Remember. Why don't we remember the things? Why don't we rejoice, oh, my soul? Why don't we give God an opportunity to move in this hard, difficult 
terrible situation. They did not deny the reality of where they were or what they were facing, but they chose, they put the big butt right there and say, let's see what God will do if we begin to rejoice and praise and worship the Lord. And I think you all know what happened. There was an earthquake and they were, they were loosed and all kinds of good things happened. It's amazing when we give God an opportunity to move in our situation, he will take that opportunity to move in our situation. Can have the worship team come up. Sure. Um, Y'all want to come on up? We want to take some time and just sit for a minute as Frankie plays, because all of us probably have something in our heart. Maybe we just need to shift the dial of our hearts and in, back into that channel where the Lord is broadcasting. Maybe there is something that you're walking through, and you just need to. One, cast the care, like Sean was saying. And then maybe you need to hear from him. Maybe he needs to give you a word from his word about your circumstance or your situation. And so we just want to create a space for that to happen for a minute. And then we'll also afterwards have some of our prayer team up here. If you feel like you need additional prayer and you want us to agree with you about something in your life, you want us to help you cast your care? We're happy to do that. We're happy to get in the trench with you in that way. But I think we all, something the Lord is helping me do lately is remember that we are spirit beings who are going to live for eternity. We have the eternal ages to come. And the word of God says these light and momentary troubles are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed. So what we're walking through might be hard. We might endure persecution in the days ahead. We might walk through hard things in the days ahead, but we have the eternal ages to come, which is really amazing when you think about it. So we have nothing to fear. What can man do to me? Just to finish that thought, Philippians 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, so often when we, when we let go of worry, when we repent of it, when we give it to God, it leaves a void in us. And we need to fill that void so that the worry doesn't come back. And we do that with worship, with praise, with reading of the word. But your thoughts are gonna wanna go back to that. And that's where it's so important to start to move your thinking and move your thoughts to what is God saying about this situation. I like to say that that guard, that peace of God, that guard almost acts like a bouncer in your brain. And if you've ever been to a club and you've seen a bouncer, he has a list of people who can get in and who don't get to get in. And when that thought comes, that bouncer's there going, you're not on the list. You, you don't get to come in. You're on the list. You get to come in. You're not on the list. You don't get to come in. That peace of God will filter or just bounce those things uh, right out. So, so we're going to take just a few minutes. Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. 
If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.